Empire. Hello and welcome to a bonus edition of my podcast. I released a podcast earlier today with running back Jared Patterson. It was a good interview. I like talking to him. Give it a listen. But in light of today's news regarding the find of the Washington football team, I wanted to discuss this topic with Michael Phillips, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, what this all means and what he thinks of it. For those who are impacted by this in a negative way working here, if you're listening to this, I hope you're able to find some level of peace at some point. I don't know that you're going to get that from all this. I spoke to one person who did work here who was impacted by this, and I know she felt like today was, in her words, a slap in the face. There was no belief that he'd be forced to sell, but the fact that there's no suspension that Dan Snyder, in her mind, started this process owning 60% of the team and now owns 100%, and his wife is a co-CEO, did not sit well with her or others that she spoke to. I just think they felt the punishment lacked much teeth, and they really didn't like that there was an oral report and not a written one. Michael and I discussed that topic later, so just follow for that or pay attention for that later on. This person wasn't being weighed down by it, but it is something that's going to stick with her for a long time. And I don't think she's alone in that. And what they also felt is that perhaps they weren't heard the way they hoped they would be. In the end, that's what people want. They wanted a voice. And they didn't feel like they had a voice for all this when this team, when they worked for the team. And in some cases, it sounds like they don't feel like their voice was heard in this situation. Yes, $10 million is a big fine by NFL standards. I don't know how much that's going to impact other teams in these situations. I do know that this has to get cleaned up, whether it's here or anywhere else. I wrote an analysis of the situation on ESPN.com that's up now. My job is to analyze, and I don't think people always get that. Some won't be satisfied unless they just crush the NFL, crush Snyder. It's not really what I'm asked to do. I'm asked to analyze the situation without being able to process it beyond maybe a couple minutes. So that's what I did to the best of my ability. If you don't like it, I apologize. Anyway, let's get to my conversation with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. All right, Michael, because it's summertime, because we're supposed to be on naturally news happens. This was a big deal. The end of that investigation, $10 million fine. I am curious your initial reaction to this. Obviously, nothing short of a vote to sell the franchise was going to satisfy folks. And, I, you know, this doesn't satisfy folks. I, I think naturally so. Uh, I, I commend Beth Wilkinson on the report, or at least the, the portions of it we've had the opportunity to see here. It's very clear she did her work. She was thorough uh, and she did not pull any punches. Uh, you know, even the little bit we saw was very indicting and very damning of the culture under Dan Snyder. Uh, I think we all knew that, but to, to have that professional opinion, uh, it's clear this was not a setup by the league to clear Dan Snyder, but that she issued, uh, you know, a hard-hitting opinion, talked to people uh, and reported back that this was an unacceptable culture for the franchise. Then you move on to part two, what's Roger Goodell going to do about it? You know this from talking to people. I know this from talking to people. There just wasn't an appetite to force a vote to force Dan Snyder to sell the team. It takes two thirds of owners. And like any good, I guess, whip is the term in Congress. You know, Roger Goodell counted his votes, didn't have it and, and made the decision to move forward with the punishment he did. And, and ultimately, of course, that's going to be unsatisfying to folks. It is. And even though even though it's I think it's, it's the highest fine 
ever levied to an owner. So, but that again is not going, I say that, and I'm not trying to, to paint a different picture. It's just, that's a fact. But what's also a fact is that you're right. People aren't going to be happy no matter what. And they're going to look at that as like, well, it's just money. And of course they're right. And I feel bad for the people involved in all this. Um, but never from my end, just like you, from the beginning of this, throughout this, never heard from anybody saying, I think this might force them to sell. So whether or not you want to bet, all we know, you and I, based on reporting, is that that really wasn't, it was going to take, I always said, unless there's something more in that investigation, investigation, it wasn't going to happen. Now, what about the oral part of it? You know, because a lot of people make, you know, Deflategate, um, you know, all the, the other reports, right, right. Those are those were on paper. What did you make of that? You know, I, I thought it was disappointing that the league would choose to hide behind that and attempt to make this go away. I, if I were a PR advisor, though, advising Roger Goodell, it's what I would have told him to do. You want this story out of the news cycle as quickly as possible. You want everybody moving back on to what's Aaron Rodgers going to do by Monday. Uh, and, you know, if, if a printed document exists, we're going to parse it. We're going to read it. We're going to go through those hundred pages. We're going to we're going to tear it apart. If it had uh, been released. Been, we're, we're going to get to the bottom, you know, we're going to, we're going to report on that and pass along that stuff. Uh, I thought it was cowardly of them to hide behind the victims, particularly when 40 of the victims had already released a statement saying they wanted the report released publicly, particularly when many of them have already gone on the record in the Washington Post uh, expose and elsewhere. Uh, but I, I understand why they did what they did. It, it is the quickest path to moving on here. Uh, and, and that's that's a good point. And I, I agree with that. Um, it is unfortunate that there isn't. I do think my, you know, because what they want is the report to be, be, be made public. Even if there had been a written written report doesn't mean they would have made it all public. But you know that the chance for it leaking would have existed because somebody was going to be upset that it didn't get out. That's how leaks occur. So that would have kept the story alive. And I think that's a good point. Um, I do think I feel bad for the people who are victims and, and what they want in all this, because it's hard to get the retribution that you feel you want unless there is a harsh, harsh punishment, unless it's all laid bare. So I do have sympathy for, for that for that end of it. Yeah, you, you raise a great point, of course. Anything written down was going to get out eventually. You know, there's yeah. just too, you know, too many people sniffing around, too many people asking questions around the league, too many people uh, who don't appreciate the Snyders and what they've brought to the table. Uh, I, I do think that it, it raises just a, an interesting question here of what does Dan Snyder do in his uh, double secret probation here that's not a, not a suspension, a voluntary removal voluntary. from activities. Uh, you know, how much influence will he have? I think, you know, if you pulled the fan base, there, there's a very high trust level in Jason Wright and Ron Rivera, as there should be. Um, you know, I, I think keeping Dan Snyder away from that is probably something people support. But then you look at the Wall Street Journal interview earlier this week where Dan Snyder says, hey, I've realized I need to be more involved here. And you, you just kind of hear the fans shouting, no. Well, not just the fans. It is like the number of former employees who I've talked to the last year who have said, Dan will never change. Now, he's never gone through anything like this either. So I don't think he's going to turn into a completely different person. But maybe you do understand that you came this close to losing something that is important to you. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't change us as a person, but you change the way you you operate your business. 
And I think that's where we go back to Jason Wright and Ron Rivera. And they brought up in that conference call, the league did, about the importance of them in this organization and why they felt comfortable moving forward that at least certain changes had been taking place at the top spots to make them feel more comfortable. Do you have that kind of confidence in them? I have total confidence in Ron Rivera and Jason Wright uh, left alone to lead the operation. As you know, of course, you know, they're not the owner, though, and the owner has ultimate say. And I I think it's silly to suggest that Dan Snyder in this self-imposed stepping away won't seek to, you know, make his input and make his mark. And, you know, what's the question that always hovers around here? What happens when Ron Rivera goes six and 10 or six and 11 now in the new schedule? Uh, You know, how long do those good vibes last? And, you know, there's always been that turn. It is easy to feel good right now. It is easy to feel good about what Ron is doing, about the moves they're making. They're a better team now than they were. They had it. They won the division last year. Um, but that that first four and thirteen that pops up, what what's going to happen then? What you know? What's the ownership situation going to be then? Because you know, let's let's speak in a language the other owners understand here, John, and that that's money. You know, this is this is a team that historically has been one of the, the premier franchises for the NFL. And look at the schedule. They're not even playing Thursday night on Fox this year, John. They're playing Thursday night on NFL Network cable television. They are not pulling their weight and generating revenue for the rest of the league. That's the language these other owners understand. And I think they understand it's because of the decisions the owner has made for the last 20 years. Absolutely. And it's funny because going to that, I remember talking to somebody last year who, when I asked him about, does, do you think that Dan would be forced to sell? He's like, well, there are definitely owners who would want him, who don't want him as an owner. But you can't get rid of somebody because they're a bad owner, because that's going to set a bad precedent because there are a lot <laughs> of bad owners in this league. Yep. But, but that is a key point. And I do think that for Rivera and Wright, that this is a good time for them to be in charge because there's so much attention paid to Snyder that this is their chance to make a mark. If you win, they're just going to, it's going to be even better for them. Now you have to win. But I do think for them, it's because the league's going to be paying attention to what's going on here. And there's going to be a lot of scrutiny here. So it's a good time for them to be in these positions. They just have to capitalize on that. Yeah, a huge benefit for Ron Rivera here is, I mean, think back to the, the way things have declined. You know, let's not relitigate it. But Mike Shanahan did not stand on the table and say, don't trade for Robert Griffin III. The right. owner suggested it and the owner wanted it and he was willing to go along with it and, and saw the positives in it. Well, Ron Rivera is in, in a position, you know, fast forward, Jay Gruden, obviously several similar situations. You, that is not the situation Ron Rivera is in. If, if Ron gets a suggestion from upstairs, uh, you know, from the desk of Tanya Snyder, he, he can kick it right back and say, I, I run the show here. You know, go, you know this, this, is, this is my team. We're going to do things my way. That's a power that, I, I mean, you are the expert here, not me, but it feels like Gibbs is the only other person who's legitimately had that power. There's there's no doubt. The, nobody else has had this level of power. I don't even think Gibbs had this level of power because he understood there were other dynamics at play. Um, I think Rivera came in at a time, at an opportune time, to grab that kind of power. So then you have to use it properly. And I do think that if Tanya Snyder comes and say, hey, we want to go trade for this guy next offseason – he can say, well, that's fine, but from a football standpoint, we can't do that. We don't have to do that. But you get that power if you keep winning. You maintain that power if you keep winning. So that's going to be a big key here going forward. Will, will this all work? I think just from a football standpoint, if they win this year, it can. 
do you think that this organization can last question here? Do you think this organization can truly now change and be one that people, Hey, like enjoy rooting for again, or do you, you know, with all of these changes that have been made and with all this stuff, and is it now behind them and can they really move forward and handle it the way they need to? We live in such a short news cycle world that, you know, feels like the, these off seasons drag on forever, but I'll, I'll say this in a, 2019 was so long ago, John, but I, I think it was really jarring all year going to FedEx Field and seeing the stadium half empty, seeing the stadium full of Detroit Lions fans, seeing the stadium full of New York Jets fans, you know, the visiting team just coming in and taking over. And, and that didn't tell you anything about the visiting teams. That told you they're, the fan base is gutted here. There's there's no fan base left. He's he's there. There are very much hardcore fans that enjoy the team. There are hardcore fans that watch at home every week and enjoy the team. But they have made that decision not to commit financially, not to commit to the whole big package, the season tickets, the, you know, getting the tattoos, all, all, all that. They're waiting and seeing. And, and, you know, this will be a multi-year project. And I think these are the correct steps. I think these are the correct first steps to take. I think they're on the road. Can they stay on that road? For four years, can they stay on that road for five years? However long it will take to to really truly win back those cautious fans uh, who, who are just kind of tired of, of the bait and switch that happens around here. I think they are on the path. I am very curious to see if they, if they finish if they finish it. Right, and I think my last point too, along with those lines, is that you they want something they can be proud of rooting for. That's what you know. If you're not going to win, don't be you know, a bad organization. And for years, that's mm-hmm. what they've been settled with, not winning and not a good organization, get made fun of around the league. And nobody wants that. And I feel for these fans and I feel for the people who went through all these issues because it's not easy and you can't put that behind you. And I feel for them. I really, really do. Um, so, you know, but I think from his standpoint, learn from Jack Ken Cook, hire good people and get the hell out of the way. It's not about him being more involved. It's about overseeing and hiring the right people and letting them use their voice. Because a lot of people here over the years said a lot of this, a lot of stuff, a lot of things that have been done in the last year, this is what they've been advocating before in the past. They just weren't heard or listened to. Listen to these people, hire the right people, listen to them, and then enjoy, reap the benefits. That's what I say. That's a walk, that's a walk-off. That's why I enjoy the time report right there. There you go. Let's drop it, Mike. Drop the mic, Mike. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Mike. Always appreciate it. Good time. See you soon. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Michael for jumping on with me in short notice. And thanks to you for tuning in and listening. I'll be back with another podcast next week. Talk to you next time.